your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCBs. We can have your cell phones and just put your hands together for your host, Cameron Esposito. Oh, guys, give it up for yourselves for coming out to the UCB. You did it. Yes, I love it when people are on the stage in the front row. That's absolutely fantastic. Don't let me forget about you, sir. Congratulations. Oh, I remember your... We met last night, didn't we? Or last... Was it last night? Last week. I remember your hair. Good to see you again. I almost fell over. I don't know why I fell over, because uh, your arms are out. I think that's what it is. I can't even look at you while I tell you that your arms are out. That dude brought his fucking arms to the show. Look at those puppies. Yeah, that's the right thing to do, is to flex. That's the right thing to do. I can't believe you flex down, though, when the correct version is POW! That's what I'm talking about. Just hit that guy in the head. I don't know who she is. Come on! All right, guys, we're having a great show. This is going to be an awesome show tonight. I'm so excited you guys are all here. I'm so, yeah, you, should, you can clap for yourselves one more time. <laughs> Sold out show tonight. Really happy about that. We're always full, but this is like, I just love when there's people on the stage. It makes me feel, it, it feels very immediate, doesn't it? It feels like there's a problem to solve. Also, it's, also it feels strange a little because I just had soup. And that's right where your eyes are on my soup area. <laughs> But there's nothing I can do about it. I have terrible soup breath, too. You know the kind. Minestrone, am I right? Okay. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'll be your host. That's amazing. Also, I've th- this, yes, you, sure. Whatever you want to do. Don't stress about it. Do not feel stressed about it. We got a great show. Lots of awesome comics. I'm also, I want to start up top. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I want, I'm hoping that you guys are just going to go on a little risk, uh, risk with me. It's a board game, but also it's a journey that you can, yes and, right now, with your lives. Uh, I know probably a lot of you have changed uh, your, your Facebook emoticons. What's that called? Profile pic? Uh, to reflect you know, your feelings about equal marriage. And if you didn't, uh, it, it, yes, it does matter. The, the justices are making their decision based on whether or not you changed <laughs> your profile pic. I know some people have been saying that that's not relevant, but you're wrong. They do. They do. Well, maybe, okay, so maybe they don't. But I will say that it does make me feel, as a, as a gay human on such a, on such a historic day as today, um, it does make me feel great, like, to see, even if you put bacon in the equal sign, actually, especially if you put bacon in the equal sign, because then I'm like, oh, yeah, like, they're, like, they're, like, it's like an anti-pig pro-gay message. Which I am fine with. Fine with. But I just wanted to kind of go through a little bit of a loose... Uh, a lot of people also put some quotes from uh, Louis C.K. up on the internet today, him talking about how he thinks that equal marriage should happen. And I think that I think that's really important. I'm, I'm happy to have him as an ally. Um, I also think that when you're a gay comic, it's a little bit hard to say something on social media. Um, it is, because it feels sometimes like maybe you should shut the fuck up. Like, it feels like you should talk about, like, balls or whatever <laughs> you people want to hear about. <laughs> but 
but I don't care about bald. I specifically <laughs> do not care about balls. And this is affecting my life right now. This is affecting my life today. Um, and so I just wanted to talk about it with you guys. And I hope that that, um, I hope that doesn't, no, I don't, just, just support me in this. That's what I'm asking from you. Okay. Okay, awesome. So I know that one thing that people are talking about, uh, there's, there's been a lot of arguments going on so far in the Supreme Court, uh, some of which are about protecting our children. Uh, protect our children. Gotta protect our children. Which is a strange argument. Because it kind of implies that gay is for adult. Like that there's an easy-bake oven that's like, ding, you're gay. No. Like, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. How many days a week do you guys think a suburban girl should wear a coonskin cap? You said zero, and it was seven. <laughs> seven days a week. It's just a little gay kid. Wish to God somebody had been like, listen, Davy Crockett, there's a reason for all this. <laughs> it's not hurtful to kids, because 10% of kids are little gay kids that you're telling are wrong. You're telling these kids, you have no future. Also, if this is how you end up, well, fuck. Like, then something terrible has happened. And that's what you're telling those people. That's what you're telling those kids. Also, the other arguments that I've seen, um, you know, a lot of people uh, that are straight, um, I know this was a big deal when um, Don't Ask, Don't Tell was being overturned. People were like, well, what if I'm a man? What if a gay man is serving in the military with me? And even though I'm straight, he doesn't read the signs. And he comes on to me. Oh, I'm sorry, straight man. Welcome to my entire fucking life. Would that be hard? Would that be so difficult? If one time a person said, excuse me, I'm putting, I'm looking at you. And then you had to say, uh, no, thank you. Oh, what a terrible life. What a terrible life you have. Must be hard to be a woman of any kind. Especially a gay woman, because the answer is no. Not ever. Not if you're kidding. Not for a joke. Not after you're hilarious on stage. Not never. Not with her. Not with your wife. You're still there. No. It took me 10 to 20 years to figure this out. And I'm not going back. Here are some other uh, things that I've heard. It's gross. It's gross. It's gross. Why would two women or two men be together? It's gross. You're gross. You're gross. You're gross. You're also not gross. Everybody here is gross and not gross. It's just that when you're straight, you're in a majority of the population, and so maybe you don't realize that, like, other people are looking at you and experiencing your sexuality as a horror. <laughs> maybe you don't realize how hard it is for me to ride public transportation or see Jennifer Garner movies. <laughs> Much like you, sir, she has great arms. I would love to see the movies that she's in. Find it difficult. Have to choke down with popcorn. <laughs> Here's somebody I think is gross. Ryan Gosling. I think he's gross. 
I think he's gross. Also, who doesn't think he's gross? Clap if you don't think he's gross. Okay, so there you go. See, it's just, look at that. It's just a choose your own adventure. And we don't need to legislate based on that. We can just all go, oh, that's interesting. I can just keep that to myself. Yeah. Okay, all right, I'll take it one step further. You know what's gross about sex? Uh, you know what's gross about gay people? Butt sex. Well, okay, hmm, it almost sounds like you're just talking about men. Which is weird, because gay women do have a lot of butt sex. Also, follow up, so do you, straight people. You have butt sex. What are you talking about? I actually think that it's misogyny. I think that's why men have a hard time thinking about two men being together, because they realize in their minds, if two men are together, one has to be the indoor. One has to be the woman. Do you understand that? You're not gonna laugh at that now, but later tonight, that is gonna open your fucking eyes. That's what you're scared of, dudes. Also, also, uh, butt sex, like, is not gonna be forced upon you, because that's not homosexuality. You're actually talking about rape, which homosexuals are against, in general, as a group, just like straight people. I guess we could end on uh, destruction of marriage, religion. Okay, there's a lot of things that are destroying marriage these days. Uh, the internet. Very interesting and captivating to watch. Hard to turn it off. Have real sex with your partner. When there's so many other people you can watch have sex with each other in interesting and new ways with apparatuses you can't even afford. <laughs> We're a fat nation. We're fat. We're all overweight. It's weird to have sex. How can we have, have soup? I feel gross. I just watched Ryan Gosling in a movie. A lot of things are destroying our, our relationships. There's nothing about it that is specifically gay. Divorce is uh, happening and nobody's saying a thing. Like, divorce is allowed. Uh, also, Kim Kardashian is legal. And the Bible um, is a really weird argument because there are so many other storybooks that we don't try to legislate at all. <laughs> Whether or not Jesus is a magical wizard <laughs> that came back from death, we don't know that. We don't know that. There's no proof. It's faith. So we don't know that either way. But we do know that he didn't write that book that you're reading. Because that would be like the oldest book. And I don't think he could even write. <laughs> he only went to school like that one time. He got lost in the temple. We never heard from him for like 20 years. <laughs> he was mostly, mostly a word of mouth guy. So somebody else wrote that down. He didn't have a podcast. <laughs> we don't know what he said. Also, it was written 2,000 years ago. We don't know what he meant. A lot of people point to the, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, and I will say that um, I studied theology in college, and one thing that, is, that some theologians believe is that, is that that story is not actually about two men being together, but instead about an invading force that comes in. Yes, it's about rape. That's right. Yeah, it's about uh, that. For those of you that are listening on the podcast, somebody said that in the audience. I didn't just yes and myself. That would have been like so. Yes, it's about rape. Yes. 
No, but that's right. That is what it's about. It's about an invading force that comes into a city and then they have they anally rape the entire all the men in the city. And then the, the people in the Bible said, "We would prefer if you didn't do this." <laughs> and then we are idiots and we interpret that as never have pleasurable sex where you look into each other's eyes, have kids together and register as pottery barn. I think we got a lot to learn. Thank you so much for going through that with me. I, I obviously, I know that it's in the beginning stages. But I appreciate you going on that journey with me. And we are gonna start for the rest of the show off really, really strong. Uh, this first comic, he is a, he's an amazing performer, very funny. You know him from last comic standing. Let's hear it right now for Mr. Matt Kirshen, guys. Give it up for Matt, come on. That was the awesome. Give it up for Cameron. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was sweet. That's a fun little debate I don't get to have a say in. <laughs> little foreigner that I am. I can't vote for anyone over here. We, we had our own. Uh, it just got gay marriage got passed by the House of Parliament in the UK. It's still going to go through like the upper house, but um, but we, we passed it. The, the conservative. Yeah, I know. It's a cool thing, right? Even the conservative prime minister was for it. Uh, it wasn't universal. Don't get excited. We're not as progressive as you might think. One guy in the debate actually said the words, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. <laughs> like he said that. And, uh, and I should point out at this point, he, he's a grown-up. <laughs> like he's an actual adult male who is employed as a member of parliament. And he knew people were recording him. Like, he knew he was in Parliament and people were writing down his words and putting them in a book and broadcasting them, and he still said that out loud. Like, on a debate, that's on a, on a level with if it was a debate about whether women should have equal pay in the workplace, and he just stood up and gone, girl smell, and sat down again. Right? That, <laughs> that's the same level. He's my, he's my second favorite homophobe. Uh, my favorite is, is Michelle Bachman, still. She's my favorite, because she's the only one I know who's that homophobic, despite being married to an obviously gay man. Like, he, he is so gay. She should be the ultimate ally. Like, she is like, he's so gay. He's a, have you seen Marcus Backman being interviewed? Oh, do yourself a favor. Like, go home, watch it. Like, if you're listening to the podcast, pause it, YouTube Marcus Backman interview, and then come back and enjoy what I'm about to say more. Because... <laughs> Because he's so, so... Like, I know not everyone who sounds like that is gay, and not everyone who's gay sounds like that, but he's just gay. He is just... <laughs> so gay. He runs one of those organizations that claims to be able to convert straight gay men back to being straight, which implies they thought that they started off straight in the first place and veered off the path. Their theory as to how it happened is they didn't have enough male role models when they were growing up. So to make the gay men straight again... They placed them amongst lots of men <laughs> and make them play regular sports. <laughs> Get in there, really work up a sweat. Let's let those fellow ex-gays knock the homosexuality right out of you. <laughs> it's it's amazing. You think what idiot came up with that? And then you realise all of these organisations are run by ex-gays, i.e. Gays. 
And then you realize that is a stroke of genius beyond anything I've ever heard in my life. They have, under the guise of homophobia, they have created the world's gayest summer camp. And it, <laughs> you closet geniuses, you are. Well, it's amazing. Like, I, I, I travel the country a lot. Like, I, I, last year I was, I was in San Francisco during Pride Weekend, which I would urge anyone to go and visit. I was there as a straight guy with my girlfriend, and it was phenomenal. It's one of the greatest celebrations of sexuality and humanity on the planet. Uh, we were in the, there's a central park that a lot of the events are centered around. And we were in there having a drink and walking through the park together with these two guys, and they were in great physical shape. Uh, and they were wearing shoes and a cock ring. <laughs> that was it, like shoes and matching cock rings. That was all they were wearing. I hope intentionally, like I, I hope that was planned between the two of them. I, I'd hate to think one of them showed up and was like, ah, oh, Jesus, you as well. You know, like, there is no time to go home and change. But, uh, but it, was, it was hilarious because everyone was like, ah, oh, good for you. That was, that was fucking awesome. They were all happy and Fucking hella gay. Uh, but still not a fraction as gay as Marcus Backman's voice. Like, <laughs> he has got them beaten. Uh, I don't know, all the religious organizations are off in arms. Tell you who isn't allowed to talk out about it now, who wasn't allowed to vote for the Pope either, it was our guy, the chief Catholic in Britain until a week before the conclave, Cardinal Keith O'Brien, who had to resign three weeks ago for what was described in his official press release as sexual misconduct. <laughs> which is quite a genteel way of putting what he did. <laughs> just jiggery-pokery. <laughs> just hijinks. <laughs> just a bit of roughhousing. Uh, not kids, I should point out. Which is... I know, you're all shocked there. Eh? Like, <laughs> Shows you how badly the Catholic Church is doing, really, when you find, oh, he didn't rape any children. Well, good for him. <laughs> good for him. That is a pleasant surprise. I, I, I thought he would have raped children, but he hadn't raped children at all. It was just fellow priests that he was fiddling. Uh, a pleasant rarity. He, he, he was vocally homophobic. He spoke out against gay marriage, spoke out about gay rights, which is... It's pretty much a given now, isn't it? It's pretty much a guarantee. If anyone, if any religious or political leader is vocally homophobic, you can pretty much start the clock <laughs> before they're found in a man. <laughs> you can almost guarantee. I, I, just, I think marriage is between a man and a woman. Three, two, one. I apologize. I was led astray by the devil. This will never happen again. I find my own behavior despicable. Three, two, one. I apologize again. <laughs> uh, didn't, didn't mean to just be talking about that all set, but Karen put the idea in my head. Which is how it starts, people. No, it's not. It's a... Uh... <laughs> Leslie, guys, thanks for listening to me. I'll be Matt Kirshen. Take care, bye. We got one! <laughs> Matt Kirschen, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hear from Matt one more time. 
Hey, we are going to keep the show right on rolling. This next comic is one of my favorites that I've seen since I moved to L.A. Love him so much. He also has a sketch group called Women. Let's hear right now from Mr. Jake Wiseman. Guys, give it up for Jake. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, I don't know if you can tell from the shirt I'm wearing, but I feel like a failure most of the time. For the podcast, it's an NBA Jam shirt. Uh, very, very authentic. Trust me. I feel like a fa- I'm only 29, a little young to feel like a failure, uh, but I do anyway because I have friends at 29 who are doing remarkable things with their lives that I'm not doing. I have friends at 29 who are buying houses. Uh, my friend Allison called me up the other day. She's like, "Jake, I'm buying a house." I was like, "I didn't know we were allowed to do that. That's awesome." <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, I have a 30-year fixed rate, no IRA penalty." And I'm getting 8K back from Obama on the stimulus package. And I was like, wow, Allison, I am thrilled for you that you know what that stuff means. Because I ate yogurt with a fork today. Oh, we're having fun. We're having fun. I'm white, so I'm clinically depressed. Thank you very much. Very proud of it, very proud of it. Uh, usually proud of my depression. It's an identity beyond the shirts for casting season, if you're white. Uh, but sometimes I get depressed for vain reasons, which I'm not so proud of. Like this winter I got depressed because I could tell that I was gaining weight. You know, hey, sorry, I just feel like right, you know, sort of like feel like right around this area. You know what I mean? Like right. I knew that I was gaining weight because my belt stopped fitting around my neck the same way that it used to. Uh-oh, what are we doing, huh? Oh, no. Are we telling jokes at UCB? Uh-oh. Is that a suicide joke or a masturbation joke? (laughs) What's the difference? Oh, no. We're dying. We're all slowly dying, and the universe will eventually expand, and then we will not exist at all. I think everyone's crazy. I think everyone's really, really crazy, especially in L.A. I think you're out of your mind if you live here because it's a commuter city. Uh, We all drive all the time. You drive a car, you're insane. I don't care how relaxed you think you are. Let's say you're in your Prius, you're smoking some medical marijuana... You're totally relaxed. You're listening to something we can all like, like Phoenix. Oh, boy. You know, who doesn't love that alphabetical album? And then someone cuts you off, and you're like, did you just cut me off? Because I'll stick a knife right in your neck. Uh, I really don't care about life. I work at a chandelier store. I am past the edge. I will fucking hunt you down, and I will murder you, okay? I will fuck your wife. I'll kill your mother. I will eat your cat, okay? I love cats, and I'm a vegetarian, but I will fucking eat your cat. Don't you ever fucking cut me off again! And then literally all that person in front of you has to do is roll down the window, put up their arm to say sorry, and you're like, seems like a good guy. All of you are not in control of your emotions. A lot of people think I'm gay because I often refer to heterosexuality as my prison. Um, That has something to do with it. I just happen to like gay people, though, uh, because they're people. I don't know why it has to go beyond that. It always seems to go beyond that in the debate. By the way, Cameron and I were discussing backstage, this is going to be the gayest UCB show of all time. Uh, All of us are going to talk about gay stuff because we need to, because it's an epidemic. Uh... JK, JK, Major JK. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> well, I didn't know that was going to come out. Uh, well, uh, I do like gay people, though. I know that I like gay people more than a lot of people in this country do, uh, simply because there are camps people get sent to if you're gay in this country. Like, if you're 16 years old, you live in the Midwest, uh, you're in a Christian family, you go to your dad, you're like, Dad, I'm gay. He's like, no, you're not. We're going to send you to a camp where we're going to use Jesus' love to teach you how to be straight. 
And I just don't think there's any way these camps are ever gonna work because I always thought the reason you went to camp was to have your first gay experience, you know? <laughs> At least that's why I went with my friends, you know? And I feel like it's terrible logic to send a horny 16-year-old kid who has uh, ADD from Facebook and the internet, send him deep in the woods with nothing else to do, then put him in barracks, then only put in those barracks other 16-year-old boys who've already publicly stated that they want to suck dick more than anything in the entire world. <laughs> Pretty sure they're gonna suck each other's dicks, you know? Just on boredom alone. Like, I've sucked over 300 dicks in my life, but only because I'm an avid camper. That's the only reason. <laughs> There was like, hey, Jake, do you want to suck my dick or play travel Scrabble? I'm like, I have a girlfriend that I love, but I fucking hate Scrabble. <laughs> Every time I play, I remember I was an English major and I spent 150000 on education I can't back up in a board game in a tent. So get out your dick and let's defy Jesus right now. <laughs> having a good time. We're having a good time. Really can't stand the rhetoric around gay people in this country. I really think it's like borderline Third Reich Nazi shit. Like, I really hate homophobia so much. And if I could have my ideal world, anyone who hated gay people, I would just come on them and they would dissolve into acid. Um, why is that my fantasy? It's none of your business. Um, but it is my fantasy. Uh, I, I really think that we, they're talked about like they're a subspecies. And we just let people get away with it. And it's so unbelievably offensive. Uh, like, if you notice, every time there's a natural disaster, gay people get blamed as if they don't have enough shit in their plate. But I look for it. I, like clockwork, when Hurricane Sandy happened, it happened again. I look for it. On Fox News, Pat Robertson goes on Fox News, the religious right psychopath. He goes on Fox News and he goes, oh, you think that global warming caused the hurricane, don't you? You're wrong. It's because gay people exist in this country. And he said it like, oh, gay people are so bad that they cause hurricanes. But in my opinion, if by having gay sex you can cause hurricanes, sign me up immediately. Are you kidding me? That is the craziest super talent of all time. I've had a lot of straight sex, but nothing compares to that. I mean, I don't even like straight sex. I can't come inside a woman. I don't know why. Uh, but I can tell you that the best thing that can come out of straight sex is a baby, and I'd definitely rather have a hurricane at my disposal. You know what I mean? I'd definitely rather have that. I, uh, my older sister is gay. She's about 20 years older. She's a half-sister, and she's had a partner since I was born. So homophobia is the worst thing in the world to me. Like, it really pisses me off. And so whenever I don't like someone, even if it has nothing to do with homophobia, I just decide they're homophobic. Yeah. And I was at a show the other day, and the crowd was really annoying me, so I decided they were all homophobic. <laughs> so I said to the crowd, would anyone here have a problem if I actually weren't to guys? And then some Nazi-looking youth with a backwards baseball cap shouts out at me, I don't have a problem with it as long as you don't have a problem with me beating the shit out of you. <laughs> So I was like, only if you want me to come all over the place, sir. Because <laughs> I'm not into guys, but I'm pretty into violence, if you know what I mean. So if you're going to step to me with the Hail Hitler shit, you better wear a raincoat on your face. <laughs> or I'm going to put some children on your eyebrows. And then I'll probably come again because I'm really attracted to weird eyebrows. Thank you, I'm Jake Weissman. Have a good night. Jake Weissman, guys. Let's hear it for Jake. Yes, yes. How are you doing? You seem, you seem very attentive and into it, which is good. I appreciate that. How was your day today? What were, what were you up to? today wow you threw it over there <laughs> that was where I least expected your friend to be directly through me I thought you were talking to my aunt 
ass. What if you had been calling my... You're like, what do we do today, Amy? But then you just, then you just held that for a really long time. And I thought, what? Um, you guys went to the... What did you do? I forgot, because you went to the gym? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah you both look pretty fit. How was the gym? You, what did you do? What's your uh, workout of choice? Oh, a step cardio weights class? That's serious. Do you have a do you have a do you have a half head of hair or is it just back in a pony? Oh, oh! I wasn't even thinking about him. I was thinking about me. Yeah, it's kind of shaved. Awesome. That's rad. Oh, oh! It's growing out. So you're like, you're like, but it's growing out. I'm pretty not into asymmetrical hair. You can't see my hair. I just realized. See. See, I have it here. This. Yeah, it looks cool. Then you just trim it at home. Um. Okay, that's amazing. That's amazing. Because in your world, you're like this fucking full-headed, haired bitch. Stepping to me, and you don't even realize we're on the same team. You know, um, when I go to the gym. I, I find it presents a, a bit of a problem with this hairdo because you gotta like, well, I keep my hair back because I'm a person that makes sense. And women that work out with their hair down, are you guys okay? Uh, or men, anybody. That's, are you guys all right? Just tie it back. It feels, that's, don't do that. It's so easy. Um, but I, I wear my hair in a pony uh, tail, but the only, the only kind that I can actually do is, a, is like a nape of the neck ponytail. Which is actually a bonus because a little bit when I wear my hair in a nape of the neck ponytail, do I not look like I'm fighting in the Revolutionary War? Huh? What? Who's not going to get off a treadmill for one of our forefathers? Get off the treadmill! You know, that's what I say. You guys are an awesome crowd. I love this next comic. I'm so excited uh, that she could be here tonight. I know you guys are going to love her, too. Let's hear right now from Mary Mack, guys. Give it up for Mary Mack. Cameron, Cameron. Wait, don't go away. You sit down there. Thanks, everybody. Um, you go ahead and sit down there. And this is for you to... Don't mess that coil up. And when I start feeling bad about myself, jump in on that mic. You might want to back up so you can see me start getting sad. And because I, just so I'm in your peripheral, let's practice. You got it. Is that, oh. You got it, Mary? Okay. You're fine, okay, yeah. So, okay. You got it? Okay, good, good. Thank you. Um, and it, so you said it was okay to try out some new material. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Some of the things I think aren't funny at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one thing I was thinking today was, uh, you know, in elementary school, they're like this. They're like... Not a, not in general, but I mean, certain classes, they're like, you gotta stand like this, because this is athletic position. You gotta stand like, so it's Fayed class. 
and you stand. So you gotta be ready for when the ball comes at you, right? Okay, you know, you can get out of the way. Uh, or catch it. If that's a, something you want to try, you can catch it. Or you can just, whatever you prefer when the ball's coming at you. So, but I noticed that athletic position is only, that's an athletic position, like, yeah, triple threat. Okay. Yeah. Triple threat position. Okay, and so <laughs> this is why I want you up here is vocabulary. Just nailing it. Yeah. Uh, and but it's only one move away from being really out of shape. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. But it was like if you are like this and you're on the road or something, and you're exercising, you're like, oh God, you just do this, and then you're back in shape. You're in athletic position. <laughs> I don't know, that's as good as I got for I like it. 2000, 2013. That was my joke of the year. And I already gave up after that, and it's only the end of March. And I was like, duh, that's good enough. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, you ever been to Roseau, Minnesota? Nope. Up on the Canadian border? Okay. Well, I was working up there, and I met a gal, and this is an amazing science. She had a heart surgery. Her name was Eve. No offense, um, but that was her name. Okay. So she had, she had a heart. Eve was a trapper, a trapper for her living of animals. You're kidding me. Yeah, coonskin hat fan yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, well, she did that for her job, and uh, she had to slow down. She had open heart. She had surgery, a heart transplant, but it was not a human heart she had put in. It was a pig heart was attached behind her human heart, and uh, it's amazing the science of this. But only problem is you gotta wait till a pig dies in a car accident. <laughs> so. <laughs> That doesn't count, though. I didn't write that. That's a true story. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then, so now, <laughs> have you been ice fishing I recently? My knee. Um, I haven't been ice fishing. A lot fishing. of my material is along one vein, uh, or like one road. Like there's some people along one road in the country will get the, the love this material. Um, <laughs> But ha have you been <laughs> have you been ice fishing lately, Cameron? Not no, not lately. <laughs> well, I was standing in my driveway, and uh, I was just standing there, and it was cold. But the sun was out, so I was sunbathing, and my my I had my you know warm winter clothes on, and this wasn't here. This was in another state, and it, it, it was maybe about 15 degrees. And the sun was shining, so I was like, oh, Jesus, wonderful out here. And I stood there drinking my coffee with my thermos in my driveway, and I just looked down at the driveway, and I drank my coffee, and I looked down at the driveway. I was like, God, it's just like being ice fishing. And so I didn't even have to go drill a hole or nothing. I just sat and stood in my driveway <laughs> and was like, I'm ice fishing. And I didn't... Thank you. 
That's... <laughs> Don't anybody try stealing that joke. Okay. This podcast is going to be successful on this portion, I can tell. Um, oh, I'm a mature woman now. Um, <laughs> how does this work uh, for a lady and a lady relationship? Because when you get to be a mature woman in a lady and a man relationship, at some point you're just like, he doesn't listen to me, he doesn't listen to me, and you think everybody wants to hear about it. Uh, and I don't know is it, if it's We the just same? tell each other that we don't listen to each okay, other. Okay, good. Like that. Good. Okay. Terribly frustrating. Okay, so I get this mm. mature lady thing where like he doesn't listen to me, and then when you tell him he doesn't listen to you, he, he, he doesn't hear you. Saying that he you know, he doesn't listen to you. so he's putting up a force field around you he's a, like a sp- super thing he's got a force field and not listening as my mom says it's both a retardation and a skill at the same time <laughs> all right well and also I rented a fridge and it's got wheels on it that's all. <laughs> Underdeveloped. Um, thank you, Cameron. Fun show, everybody. Thank Mary Mack, guys. God, she is awesome. She is awesome. Also, newly, newly married. It, to really newly married. Yeah, like. That's very exciting. Very, very exciting. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Oh. God damn it. I wonder how much it would cost to just have Mary on the other side of that door during the entire show. <laughs> Every week, and then just during one part, she just comes out, says something vaguely Minnesota, shuts the door. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about! That's what I'm talking about! Yeah, it's a something. Yes, it's a Zoom. Okay, yeah. I've heard those are really good. You're, you're having a great show here. I like to look at the microphone while I'm being interviewed. Um, Mary, what are you up to right now? Oh, Only yeah, because oh, every time I hear one. about what you're doing, it's always something very fascinating. Like, you have a, you have a vaguely meat-themed show? Oh, yeah, yeah, thank you. I have a... Uh, it's called the North Star Comedy Hour and Meat Raffle. And this is a funny interview because you said you have minestrone soup breath. Yeah. And I have smoked salmon breath. So uh, we're both, like, very not trying to... There's a lot going on, another. yeah. Yeah. 
There's a force field. There is. It's okay. Then I think it just cancels each other out, oh, and good. it's, like, fine. Good. Um, yes, North Star Comedy Hour and Meat Raffle, and we're trying, we're going to switch venues now. Maybe I'm going to walk down. Here, come this way for a second. You guys are fine. And so I don't know where we're going to do it, but uh, I'd like to keep doing because it's so fun. And, and people can win meat in between the shows. And they can, uh, or in between the acts. Are and you? it's horrible meat. It's, but in, in Wisconsin or Minnesota, you can win, like, a really nice meat product at the bar if you're willing to sit there and drink all day. But people don't have that kind of time in L.A. So they want to go to their comedy show yeah. and win meat at the same time, like combine. It's a real full service kind of a, it's almost yeah. like combine. an audition where you get the job right away. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes, you've got the job yeah, when you've, you've got the meat. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a sealed deal. Are you in, in L.A. full time right now? I know that the last, the last time we saw each other, you were in L.A. You also had a house in Minnesota, I think. Yeah, I still have the house. Yep, that's where I was thinking about ice fishing there. Yeah, and are you spending more time in L.A. these days? Uh, yep, I've been most here mostly from January till May this year, and then other years it'll be, you know, November, start sprinkling out here a little bit, and then stay until, like, the end of May or June. And then when you go back to Minnesota, what... What is your life like there? Like, are you doing road stuff? Are you? Yep. I know you also do stuff with just, Minnesota Public Radio, yeah? Yeah, and we just did uh, half of the um, half of the country now. So soon it'll be like an NPR show. I guess it's, it's called a syndicated show now. Yeah. Um, what is it called? It's called Wits, and I, I'm, I'm yes. a, I play the custodian, and I only can do it when I'm not on the road. So I, I write. I hear great for, things about wits. Oh, good. Yeah, I just they just asked me to come on the show, and I said no, I'll wreck it. And then and then I said, <laughs> well, I'll do it if I could be the custodian. That's hilarious. Holy crap! Oh man, it's been a great show so far, hasn't it? This has been a great show. This has been a great show. This ex-performer just relocated uh, to Los Angeles from New York, and I, I've really, I've only seen him a couple times, and each time I was so impressed with him. I'm so excited he could be here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for Brent Sullivan. Give it up. Come on, let's hear it. Welcome him to LA. Thanks, everyone. What do you say we keep it going one more time for everyone you've seen here tonight? Uh, I'll tell you about the most awkward conversation I ever had with my dad was in 1996, right after we got AOL. Uh, because the first thing I thought to do when we got AOL was to create a screen name, log into a sex chat, and pretend that I'm a woman. <laughs> Fair enough. I just didn't know that you could be reported on a sex chat, and that as a result... Your dad would receive an email with quotes as to why you were reported on said sex chat. And uh, I was in sixth grade. This is mostly third base rhetoric. Nothing too hardcore. Um, but I remember doing this on a Friday night solo sleepover, as I called them back then. And then the next morning, I came downstairs and I sat down at the breakfast table. And all my dad said to me was, Did you tell someone last night that you have a wet pussy? 
And I lied and said it wasn't me, forgetting that my screen name was my first, middle, and last names. <laughs> so I left, never saw him again. Uh, I recently friended a guy uh, on Facebook uh, because I saw him on a rerun of Family Feud. And I wanted to see if he had shirtless pictures, and he did. Um, but he's since become sort of like the bane of my existence because he will write things on his Facebook wall that get more attention than anything I've ever done in my entire life. Like, this was one of his, up- one of his updates. He said, going to the gym, LOL. Working on my butt muscles, LOL. No, but seriously, I, l- I live my life one day at a time with Jesus always in my heart. What is happening? That had 98 likes. 98 people were like, man, this guy's fucking awesome. (laughs) He's always wailing on his quads and praising the Lord. (laughs) So I got competitive with him and I wrote my own status uh, update. I forget what it was about. It was mostly uh, about my penis, though. It it had one like. That was my mom. Um, (laughs) Kind of strange. One comment that said, no one wants to see you naked. And that had three likes, so... Sort of a a useless website uh, at this point. Uh, I I was at a wedding recently uh, at a very fancy hotel. Um, There were four gay men at the wedding, myself included. I found out the next morning that the other three had a three-way. I felt a little left out of that. And one of the guys in the three-way... He was in his 40s, and he had a ponytail, for fuck's sake. (laughs) What? Am I losing to this? So I did uh, what I feel any mature adult would do. I had my brother approach them, (laughs) find out why I hadn't been invited to their miserable, disgusting, shitty (laughs) three-way the night before. Uh, Turns out, apparently, quote, I don't look like a three-way kind of guy. (laughs) I guess I don't have a badass ponytail. Uh... But it was good for me to learn this now because I realized if I ever wanted to murder someone, I would do it at an orgy uh, because apparently no one would believe I was there. <laughs> Just even witnesses would be like, that looks like the guy that shot Tony, but uh, we would not have invited him. <laughs> he never would have been there. I, uh, I moved here uh, recently from New York, and uh, before I moved, I was on the subway at one point, and there was a guy sitting across from me who was so attractive that it was, like, irritating. Like, do you ever see someone who's so good-looking, like, you kind of want them to die? Like, (laughs) I hated him. Uh, But, of course, instead of actually saying anything to him, I decided to take a photo of him with my phone for later. (laughs) Here's a suggestion for anyone who would like to covertly snap a photo of a stranger sitting across from them on the subway. Turn off the flash. You're going to want to turn off that pesky flash because you become a gay creep so quickly. When the flash went off, we gave each other looks of equal levels of astonishment. (laughs) That happened. And I was so embarrassed that my first instinct was to pull the emergency stop on the train and just kill everyone on it. (laughs) But instead, I just said, loosen up, and then I got off at the next stop. And I walked home because I don't deserve to go anywhere. Um, (laughs) uh, I, uh... All right, I'll tell you this. Uh, 
My philosophy when it comes to internet passwords is that I have the same password for every website in the world. Because I feel that if you learn that password, you've earned access to the $18 in my bank account. <laughs> and access to every gay porn site in the world. Uh, in fact, everyone, here you go. Here it is. Get ready. PuppyDog23. That's my password. <laughs> go have fun. My dad is of the other philosophy that you need a different password for every website ever. And you have to specifically encrypt them in a notebook that you keep under lock and key. And when I was home last, I found the notebook. On one of the pages, it just says 12-fib. Fib, I found out, is shorthand for the Fibonacci sequence, which is an infinite series of numbers. And if you take the first 12 and you multiply them together and then square root that, that is the password for his Netflix account. <laughs> You should be happy to know I did the math, showed my work, hacked in, and removed Sister Act from his queue. Uh, I, uh, I recently got a letter uh, in the mail from myself. Uh, we had an assignment in English class in 11th grade to write a letter to yourself in 10 years. And I guess they pay these people enough to actually follow through on these things because I got it. Uh, it was amazing. It was long, so I shortened it for you, but I did want to read it for you. So this, uh, this is it. This is a letter from me from, uh, from 10 years ago. Dear Brent, well, it's been 10 years since you wrote this note, so hopefully by now you've left Michigan. Check. <laughs> Thank you. Started doing stand-up comedy. Hello. <laughs> and met the woman of your dreams. Oh, that's so cute. Uh... I love how at the age of 17, the cold reality had already dawned on me that Michigan is one of the most economically depressed states in the country. But I conveniently chose to ignore the fact that every single one of my, one of my wet dreams had prominently featured Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> it, uh, it continues. Uh, it says, hopefully your future wife will have an amazing personality <laughs> and will be entirely open to adopting children. <laughs> right, let, me, let me translate that for you I don't want to touch my wife <laughs> we'll high five once a year on Christmas day um, but I did write him back because uh, I think that's important and uh, this is my response hey fag <laughs> I still remember the last crush you ever had on a girl was Dominique Mochianu, who some of you may recall from the 1996 female Olympics gymnastics team down in Atlanta. I remember you noting to a friend of yours at the time that you found her particularly attractive because, and I quote, her breasts are so small and muscular. <laughs> Good luck at prom, signed Brent. All right, thanks everyone. Sullivan. <laughs> Stage manager Rhea Busher, ladies and gentlemen. Removing a mic. So good at her job. So funny and so good at her job. Oh, guys, what a. We've really solved homophobia, I think. <laughs> Feels like maybe. Who can get this to the Supreme Court? Who can get a recording of this podcast to the Supreme Court? How close can we get? Who can get us close? Who's a lawyer here? Even a base level, is that a thing? Entry level lawyer. Who's a law student? 
Has anybody ever, you're a law student? Yeah. Oh, uh, what year? Yeah, okay, so, yeah, yes. I mean, because, right, you second year is what we would say, but you're a law student, you're like 2L, so obviously you're the type of guy that can get it in front of the Supreme Court. You're already speaking the exact, hey, you know what I mean, torts? You know what I'm saying? Yeah? Torts, briefs, you know what I mean? Filing things. I used to work as a law clerk for a bunch of years uh, for my dad, which is a fun, I don't know if anybody here's ever worked for their dad as an adult, but definitely don't do that. <laughs> You're like, dad, shut up! And then, and then he's like, I am, a, a, an, a, I am a lawyer that's an adult. And I think you just told me to shut up in the office where you work. But you know what was, the, I hope, maybe you'll have this experience. I don't know what it's like in California, but this was in Illinois and um, in Chicago and they, some of their, like the federal court system is internet based now, but the Illinois court system is still physical papers. So like when you're a law clerk, your whole job is that you just walk around with papers and then like a dude stamps the paper and then it just goes, like then it just goes into a, another pile of, it's a, it's a system that we now have icons on our computer just completely takes care of. Like, my whole job was the job of a cursor. <laughs> take this and then put it in this folder. But that was my whole job. And one time I went to, like, I went to a, a secret. There was also all the different stuff is on different floors. I went to, like, the 13th floor or something equally as creepy to hand, to hand off, like, one piece of paper to a man. Also, like, there's only one, because it's, it's the city of Chicago, there's only, like, one employee who does every job, and they've done that job since the day they were born, and they'll never be replaced. So then you'd be like, hey, I want to file this, like, water bill, and then they'd be like, oh, that's Tasha's job, so she's not here, so... <laughs> And I'm like, well, when is she going to be back? Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. She's on maternity leave, and plus it's Martin Luther King Day. And then also, like, like later she just goes to lunch a lot. And then we have an employee gym, and so. Just come back, you know. But I handed this paper across the, across the counter to this dude who is, like, the clerk. Handed him the paper, like, hey, can you file this? And he said, like, sure thing. And then he turned around, and I saw him put it on a stack of papers. And it was as if, like, the telescope that are my eyes just kind of zoomed back, like a long shot in a movie. Suddenly, my eyes, like, zoomed back. And I realized that he was putting it on top of a stack of paper that, like, was so tall and so messy and then just led into other stacks of never-ending paper. Like, he was on top of a stack of paper where there was, like, a condor in a nest, like, ah! landing in the next stack of paper. And I was just like, holy, like, he looked like Harry Potter when he's going into the, like, what's the, whatever the wizard yeah. bank is. Yes, thank you. Just like, oh, sure, your paper will go right there. Gnomes, put this somewhere. You know, like... So anyway, my point is, you guys are safe, and your job is going to be cool. <laughs> okay, we got two comics left. Both of them are awesome. This next dude, he, he is a former Chicagoan. He, I, when I first started comedy, he, was start, he started the biggest room in Chicago at the time. It was, it was called Chicago Underground Comedy. Still a huge, a huge place to go up. And then he moved here, and guys, now we're still friends. 
So isn't that a beautiful story? Yes. It is a beautiful story. Let's hear it right now from Mr. Tony Sam, guys. Get over Tony Sam. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for letting old T-Bone come and rap at you a little bit, guys. Okay. Well, I got, a, I got something poignant uh, for today. I mean, all it has to do with, you know, gay marriage and such. Uh, I had a very poignant discussion on Facebook chat about it. Uh, a friend asked me what I was doing, and I said, I'm watching Suze Orman, you know, old Suze. Suze Orman, she's yelling at this guy, explaining the economic benefits of gay marriage. And my friend responded, gay people always want sex. (laughs) And she followed it up with, always, in capital letters. And I said, well, who doesn't? And I said, wait, am I gay? (laughs) And she said, let's be gay together. And I said, I'm a gay man. And she said, let's have that gay sex, but (laughs) straight-like and gay. And I said, sounds gay. (laughs) And she said, see? (laughs) Very poignant. (laughs) So you know where I'm coming from. Uh, You know what else is? You know what else is going on in the news. Everybody, whoo, whoo. Everybody's talking about MILFs. A lot of MILF talk on the airwaves. People can't stop talking about them. You know what they are, right? Mothers, I like to fuck. Whoa! Language! Yeah, yeah! Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, I'm not into that noise. I don't, uh... I don't need any of that trouble, I'll tell you what. Uh, old T-Bone's into Milms himself. Uh, moms, I'd like to be my mom. So uh, if, uh, if uh, you see old T-Sam at a bar and he sees a, a woman, he'd, uh, a woman thinks he'd make a, make a good mom, he'll, uh, he'll go over there uh, like this. Uh, I'm going to stray from the story for a second. Can I just say something about this pose? (laughs) I don't care if you're a man or a woman. This is the most comfortable way to stand ever. (laughs) The half teapot. (laughs) Which those of you listening to this podcast will not fully be able to appreciate what I just did. And it was awesome. We all. <laughs> so there she is, the uh, woman I think would make a great mom. I'll be like, uh, I'll go up to her, I'll be like, hey, you want to get out of here? Maybe uh, go back to my place and, uh, I don't know, open me up a Lunchables? Oh, maybe a Capri Sun? I'll tell you what, uh, you play your cards right, maybe a little later you can get in the bed with my dad. Ooh, and then maybe like 15 minutes after you and Pop start getting busy, 
You come out in the living room, you tell me to turn the TV down, huh? And I tell you, shut your fucking mouth, bitch! You're not my real mom! Get out of here! My mom's in Pensacola with Mima. And then I run away, and I go through a goth phase. And then I come back in like two, three years, and I, I show you the tattoo I got that says Mudda. We reconnect, and then we fuck. Ooh. Ooh. Now, some of you had a problem with that. You didn't have a problem with it a second ago when she fucked my father. All of a sudden, oh, old T-Bone can't have the fruits of his spoils. Also, she's not my real mom, you dumb assholes. Sorry. Uh, well, something you should know about T-Bone. <laughs> you know, the more times I say it, the more I realize how big of an asshole I am. Uh, even though it's working for me. Uh, T-Bones. <laughs> I'm afraid of spiders! Ah, ah, ah! Terrified of them. Woof! Uh, can't even go see Spider-Man the movie. That's how, I mean, just so scared. It's just, you know, it's this guy, he swings on, I wanted to say vines, but he's swinging on spider webs, which are like vines. Uh, not six-second videos, but plants. So, so he shoots webs and swings on vines. It's just scary to me. But I was thinking, like, right, there's Spider-Man, but if there was just a guy that just had a bag full of spiders and went around throwing them at people? Just as effective. Right? You see, like, you see some guy robbing a bank, he just reaches in and throws it. Like, ah, ah, ah. Well, I think we learned a lot about me, huh? Ladies, I'm available. <laughs> hey, uh, thank you so much. I've been Tony Sam. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter. It's at... Guys, Mr. Tony Sam! <laughs> yep. I don't know what happened. I had to be... Nailing it! Tony Sam, guys. Awesome. Well, we have one final comic tonight, and I'm going to say this. I've, I've never seen her perform, which is very exciting. Uh, she came recommended also because she uh, was on Last Comic Standing, and she comes recommended by Matt Kirshen, who you saw earlier tonight, and also Mr. Doug Benson, who you may have seen earlier tonight if you were here uh, for Doug Loves Movies. So those are people that we trust, right? When we saw these people. Plus, she seems very charming, got a great smile. Dudes, let's take a risk. 
let's let somebody new into our lives. Are we ready to do this? How exciting is this? It's very fun. I can't wait to watch this. Guys, let's hear right now for Gina Yashere. Give it up for her. Come on. Yeah, let's take a fucking risk, people. Let's take a risk. The UCB in Los Angeles. Yeah, I am British as well. That's why I come recommended by Matt Kirshen, because we are from the same country. I know some of you are looking confused. Yes, there are black people in England. <laughs> I can see your little faces. Look at your little face. Look at you. You look at me like that. She sounds like the butler from Fresh Prince. <laughs> we are everywhere, young man. <laughs> Fuck me. You look about 12. How old are you? <laughs> Jesus, how old are you? You look like a fetus. How old? 23, wow. Wow. 20. I got underwear older than you, sir. 23. I bet you don't remember when Sony Walkmans had four batteries. And no rewind button, sir. You had to take the tape out, turn it over. You're all looking at me like, now, what the fuck is tape? Uh, obviously a young crowd. So I am British, yes, I am British, I'm black and British, and that I know this accent confuses people coming out of this face. It does confuse people. Uh, I, I turn up at shows all over America, and I see their little brains exploding. <laughs> they, they, they look at each other and go, oh, my God, what, what is it? Oh, my God, what? I think it's an Aborigine. Oh, my God. <laughs> but this accent is the shit, people. I had no idea. In England, I'm just a regular black person. Here, I'm special. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this accent, but people assume because you have a British accent that you're intelligent. There's a perceived intelligence with this accent. Well, I could be a fucking retard for all you guys know. <laughs> but you can't tell because I sound like this. I could tell Americans any old shit with this accent. And you guys will believe it. <laughs> I told this one woman that I was from an ancient African pygmy tribe. And that when I was 14, I was driven out of the tribe because I grew too tall. <laughs> and then my family sent me to America where I was adopted by Angelina Jolie. And they believed me. So I'm from England. We've had a good year. Uh, 2012 was a good year, but for, for London especially, because I'm from London. We had the Olympics, did you guys? Watched the Olympics, wasn't that amazing? I loved it! And my family's originally from Nigeria, Africa, so I watched the African teams with avid interest. And uh, we were shit, to be fair. We were, we were shit. I don't know if anybody saw the, the rower from Niger who came last in the heats. Like, last. Like, really last. <laughs> like, holy shit, last. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Last. Last. <laughs> Did anybody see it was like that? First place! Second place, third place, fourth. <laughs> fifth. And apparently this dude had learned to row three months 
before the Olympics. <laughs> this is the bullshit that African com- countries are coming to the Olympics with. So he was presumably at home in his little hut in Niger, watching a guy from Oxford, England, rowing. And he looks up and he went, you know what? I think I can do that. <laughs> so he built himself a little boat out of sticks and locusts and dreams. <laughs> and to England he came to come last. And that's not the first time that African countries have come to the Olympics with this. I don't know if you guys, uh, any of you remember the uh, 2000 Sydney Olympics, and there was a guy affectionately known as Eric the Eel. And this was a guy that had learnt to swim two weeks. <laughs> before his country saw fit to send him to the Olympics to swim against the best swimmers in the world. And guess what happened? He came last. Last, last. Like, holy shit, last. Like, why last? And he was the best swimmer his country had to offer. What the fuck were the other swimmers like? Eric, the Olympics is next week. Can you learn to swim? This is beautiful. You're not supposed to drink the water, Mozambique. You're not supposed to. <laughs> so I'm from England, now I'm here in America. America! <laughs> Fuck yeah! Time to say that I like America. I feel like everybody's mentioned some gay stuff tonight, so I feel I have to. Uh, I am a lady that likes ladies. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> shit. I came out to my mother many years ago. People always ask me, "What's a girl? What's you know? What was it like being a young girl, lesbian?" And I, I'm like, I was a girl. I did normal girl things. I had dolls. I played with dolls. Okay, I used to make them fight, <laughs> and then fuck. But that, it was. It, <laughs> I came out to my mother many years ago. I, I wanted to dilute the shock for her, so I told her I was a vegan first. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so it's all good. I like America. Certain things I like about America, certain things I don't like. I look like I like rap. I don't. I don't like it. I think all the rappers nowadays are misogynists. They're all misogynists. All they, they hate women. They have us all in their videos, but they hate us, right? Every rap record is bitch, hoe, hoe, bitch, bitch. Chicken head, bitch, hoe. <laughs> These guys have got mothers. I can't imagine their mothers are proud of what they do. Because like, mothers like to boast about their kids, right? I can't imagine some rapper mother boasting to her friend, but you don't know my son? <laughs> He's the one that did that song, I'll fuck a hoe in her eye. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Listen, I'm Gina Yashre. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Good night. What is it? What do you do? What is your current project? What's your podcast? Oh, it's called Probably Science. With? It, with Andy Wood. Yes. I and uh, Brooks Whelan when he's around, but he's oh, not always around. That's cool. I like those people. Yeah. They're, they're hilarious comics. I don't know who they are. Come a little bit closer to us, because oh. this is actually the microphone thing. Yes. And we're going to make talking into it. Uh, I, you're going to have to explain that technology to yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so here's a mic. No. Um, so someone in that thing is writing down our that's words. That's right. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. You're nailing it. You guys yeah. met... On Last Comic Standing, that's no, correct. No, no, no. no. We've been so You've just been friends I, from... I've known Gina for years. I've known Gina since I started doing stand-up, because Gina was already well-established on the circuit before me. So what, like, how long have you been doing stand-up, Matt? I've been doing stand-up, I think, 12 years now. And, and I've been doing it 17. Oh, wow. That's so, awesome. You I, say, recommended no. by Matt Kirsch, and I'm like... <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah fuck that guy. Exactly. He was doing the open spots. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, um, hello. He only had five minutes at <laughs> a push. That's hilarious. I totally put my yeah, head in it. Yeah, she was bringing me up. I was like, what? What? But that's okay, the thing. Well, like, talk to me about this, though. You guys have known each other t- for 12 years doing stand-up. That's I, amazing. I to, guess so, yeah. just yeah. kind of realize that, that, like, that you've known people for that long and been co Well, that's why I, I like their whole... Yeah, that's why I like when I get to gig with Brits and also people who started on the UK comedy circuit because I don't know... Like, I've got friends out here, but they're not the friends I came up with. They're not yeah. the friends I... Like, we have the same shitty gigs that... You know, <laughs> yeah. like, but it does matter. You, I mean, I came up in Chicago and I Yeah, so you can talk to the Chicago that. comics about, oh, Chicago, you know that room... There's a and lot there was of always Chicago that guy here. who sat by the door yeah. who screamed at people as they walked. Yeah, absolutely. So well, we can talk about all the crappy gigs that we did in England. Yes, exactly. That whether they're still going or whether they're yeah. not gone, you know. Yeah. We can who, had, who had babies and gave up. Yeah, who we had babies and didn't give up. Yeah, we can about the comics we hate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How long ago did you move to the US? Well, we both came over. For, we again, we both came over for last comic standing. Yeah, we came over for last comic standing. Yeah, for two thousand seven. It was the hey, one did season. Did you already where, know you were going to get on the show? Yeah, well, no, yeah, this, they, like, this is the one season. Work? It was the one season where they auditioned internationally. Oh wow! So I did my audition in London, and Jean, you were in Sydney. I was you? in. I was on tour in Sydney, Australia. And I did my audition there. So for the first half of the season, everybody like, online kept saying, yeah, we like the Australian chick. And I'm like, I'm not Australian! <laughs> what a slap yeah. in the face. But yeah, so... That, and then earlier I said that Matt Kirshen re- recommended you. Two worst moments of your comedy life. <laughs> Let's if take only. a risk, people! If only they were the two worst. i a risk! <laughs> well, I understand that you're not a risk, but, like, it is crazy to... To just introduce somebody that you've never seen before. No, not, the best not way like is to a... pretend that you love them. And then if, then if I died on my ass, then you can come out and go, I never knew her. I knew she was shit, but I thought I'd give her a go. <laughs> but yeah, then, because what, never... happens, what happens now, their, their expectations are like, oh. No, I felt like it was just the other way. I actually felt like people were like, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm too honest. <laughs> I really am. I'm so honest on stage. I'll like always say exactly what's happening. Um, Which is good. Now it's all good. But, but I was like, oh my gosh, it, it, they could be like, oh, this could be bad. We don't know how. But this isn't is that make go. it more exciting? No, fuck that shit. You're over <laughs> the excitement. Make it, make it. Comfy. Oh, it made no difference to me. Yeah. I still come out and do what I do. Yeah, you did great. But uh, yeah, I was like, oh. wait. So follow up on this. Yes. You you came here for last comic standing, and then you yes. both just stayed. Well, basically, uh, when I knew I got through to the final yeah. ten. And they sought me out a work visa. And the work visa was a two-year work visa. So I said to the lawyer, does that mean I can come and stay in America for two years? And he said yes. And I said, great. And I went back to England and put my house on the market immediately. Wow. Sold up, gave away everything I owned, and came out here with nothing but two suitcases to my name. Because I knew... I've always wanted to live in the sunshine, and I was like, I can live in L.A. I'm out of here. (laughs) Goodbye, England. Goodbye. And and I came and I stayed, yeah. That's so... That's, ama- how, that's amazing, yeah. first of all. I, like, one and a half years into doing stand-up, I had a, a, this producer friend who lived in Chicago who booked a tour of the UK. Right. Some of which... It was heavy on the Midlands. Right. Uh, so it was, like, a lot of... It was, like, a lot of... Uh, was that you and Darby? other Chicago... Yes. Was that Carl Kinane was on that tour? He was... He did it the year before me. Okay. And then the next year there was another tour of the same... It was, like, this group of Chicagoans that went over there. Yeah, Kyle did it the year before me. And then the year that I went over, uh, Kumail Nanjiani was supposed to be on oh, right, our yeah. tour, but he got his like first spot on something like 
like, like late night or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah, so he couldn't come over. So then it was like me and two other comics that, like, we probably all had, I probably had 10 minutes. And they probably had like fifteen minutes. Oh my gosh! Right. And in front of, on, in front of like London yeah, audiences, who are fuck? They are. They know yell at you. They step to you. Like I remember, we we did a show with this girl. I can't remember her name. Like Sarah Milliken. Milliken? Right. <laughs> Sarah Milliken. We did a show with her. Sarah. She she probably wasn't known that now. She's a household name. Like oh, Sarah are you serious? Oh, because she had just won Edinburgh, like yeah, the whatever the rising star, star or whatever. Yeah, and now she sells out thousand seat theaters. Okay, so the we did a show with her right before that was going to happen. Yeah, and I have never seen anybody do like a her joke to like minute ratio was insane. Like, we were, like, doing these long American, like, alternative comedy, like, what, you know, just, like, stories about our lives. And, and she, she was, was like, if I don't have a joke now, someone's gonna shout something or throw a chair. Every ten seconds, like, they will mur- throw a chair. murdering. And then, like, back to one of us being, like, like you know, just, whatever the fuck we were saying. It was terror. We made the biggest asses of ourselves. I've never been back. But I want to go back. Go back now. Now you know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm. I'm dying to. Do you ever? Do you guys ever go back and do shows over there? Oh, uh, yeah. You travel I've a lot. Got a, I've got a fan base there, so I go. Here. England was keeping me afloat here for the first yeah, yeah. three years. I was going, but I'd go. Okay, I'm broke, and I'd call my agent and go, fill up the calendar. I'm coming home. Yeah, well, I feel like a lot of people do that when they move to LA, wherever yeah. they come from. Like yeah. you, you know, you can yeah, go, they go back the to re- your home base because well, you, you earn no there. money in LA. Like, yeah, there's even, no money here. Even for, like you, at the very least, have to go on the road and yeah. because. Unless you're on a TV show or right. writing on a thing. Yeah. You earn nothing. Like, nothing. you'll do the improv and you'll get given $15. Oh, I got $8.50 for my last set. <laughs> like, you're fucking like, serious. I, I, and they gave you a check as well. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A check for $8.50. Oh, they, they've, um, they've changed it to cash now, but they've lost the 50 cents. Oh, well, that's weird. I don't get paid there at all. So look at what we just stole with. <laughs> In our orders. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't know what to do. Um, well, you guys, it was great to talk to you both. Thanks I, for having us. I hope I, I hope I see you again soon. And I promise the next time that I bring you up on stage, it'll be. Well, silly. you've seen me now, She's so you can say. Hilarious. One of the best people I know. Charming international she's, fan base. Got her break while she was living in Australia or touring there, not living. And touring. then came over here, nailed it. Been here ever since. Work visas. See, I, I listen. Green card now, baby. Yeah. I'm a resident oh, now. Fuck yeah. I'm a resident. That's right. I'm, a legal, I'm, I'm a technically a legal alien. Yeah. That's what I am. I'm, a, yeah. I'm still on a visa, but I'm a person of extraordinary intelligence. Oh, that was ability. Extraordinary ability. That's intelligence. Yeah, yeah. That would be if I was a professor. Otherwise, half the actors from Hollyoaks would not be here. Yeah. I am, I, yeah, alien of extraordinary ability. Yeah. That's what it says on, in my passport, legally, according to your government. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, that's the visa you have to have. It's the old one visa. Alien of extraordinary, extraordinary ability. Because I have to prove that I'm not taking work away from any Americans. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, no one could do what I do, no, legally. I, I yeah. understand that that's the qualification. You have to fall into a category where you're not replacing. Abil- extraordinary ability. But, I, is what but that is beautiful, and I'm yeah. so glad that I know that that's the designation. Yeah. And you. you know what? I agree. <laughs> Hell of an ability. Well, shucks. Hell of an ability. Oh, yes! Yes! Let's hear it for Gina yesterday one more time. You could just... T- I knew she was going to be hilarious. I didn't know she was family, but I knew she was going to be hilarious. I am happy about both. Guys, that is our show for tonight. Can we hear it for all the comics you saw? What a show that was! That was amazing. 
Guys, we are here every Tuesday night at the UCB Theater at 8 o'clock. You can follow us on Twitter at, at PYHT Show. And please keep uh, rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. I cannot tell you how much it is helping us in terms of visibility, getting more people listening to the podcast version of the show. So please check that out. Guys, I'm Cameron Esposito. Have a great rest of your night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.